Hey, welcome back to A Conversation With. My name is Philip DeFranco, and today we're having a conversation with the internet's own Belle Delphine. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on. I figured, uh, you know, you, you haven't done a podcast in uh, two, three months. Or actually, I think the last one might have been uh, Logan's, uh, which, yeah. which was yeah. like the 10th or something like that of December. Obviously, uh, things have changed. But if someone has not been on the internet in three years and they somehow do not know who Belle Delphine is, how would you how would you describe it? Because I'm I, I was I was trying to explain who you were to, to some people and I have a certain word for it. <laughs> Oh God, a mess! It's not a bad word. You're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> a mess of just uh, a girl who is just on a destruction course of the internet, who just happens to have pink hair. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think of you as a uh, obviously like uh, at this point you've you I feel like you've shifted uh, way more to adult entertainment. But, I, but whenever I would talk about you, I'd be like, I feel like she's a trollpreneur. Like she's she's a she's trolling the internet. Which is really just smart marketing, and and she's an entrepreneur, uh, and obviously it's in more kind of the adult field. But do you feel like that's that's correct? Because everything that I've seen of you, it feels like it's been you completely orchestrating uh, a manipulation of how people are going to cover you. <laughs> um. Yes, kinda. Basically, like I've been on the internet as. Oh, like anyone in my generation has since I've been very young. And so growing up the internet, I always wanted to do like, like, oh, if I had the power to like message this person or like gain popularity for this or like have a lot of people see something, I wanted it to be like, like jokey or funny or like pranky. Like when I was younger and like a no one on the internet, I used to go on a Meagle and just do like random like pranks and stuff on people. And just, I don't know, see, like try and gauge people's reactions and things just in my own spare time. And I guess when you're like, when you're just, um, like anonymous on the internet, I I'd always want to be like, Oh, I wonder if I could message this like famous person and see what they responded. And now that I'm like weirdly in this position, I still, I feel in the same mind state. Like sometimes I'll just randomly message some like famous person that I like look up to or whatever and just send them something weird and random. I wouldn't even think about it. I'll just send it because I'm like, wow, I, I can send it. And it won't be for anything apart from my own satisfaction. I won't post it anywhere. I'll just be like, wow, I can do this. What, what the heck I'm going to do? I'm gonna... <laughs> so it's quite bizarre even speaking to you right now. I feel like I'm speaking to like a, like a, the radio person or something. Like, you know, because I listen to you in the morning. So it's like, oh, I'm, I'm just speaking to the news anchor right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. No, whenever I, I see you online, I'm like, okay, this is good. I have my thumbnail locked down for the day. And it's usually not anything too serious, though. I think, you know, what? I'm really fascinated. How, how is how have things been since I guess we could call it your last controversy, which was like the uh, yeah. you posting on Twitter, kind of more of a, a bondage fantasy thing? Um, I mean, there's two different answers to that. There's the um, <laughs> there's the thing where it got a lot of backlash mm -hmm. and um, a lot of people had a lot of feelings about it. Um, and then there's, oh, this feels kind of bad to say, but there was a lot of positive things that came sure. from it as well, because obviously being in the news is uh, good. It's, uh, I mean, a lot of people have different opinions on like bad, bad popularity is good popularity or something like that. Bad publicity. Yeah. Um, There's no such thing yeah, as bad yeah. publicity. Yeah. 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 That's it. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> marketing wise, it was kind of 
like it. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to, I was, uh, that's yeah. what I was kind of leaning towards. Cause the, the people that would potentially be offended by you saying perfect first date, and then it's you like tied up. And then there's like a, a kind of like a graphic sex photo. That's mm. probably not the person that's paying for your OnlyFans. And if anything, it mm. feels like if I tried to come out with a book and sh someone tried to boycott me, I'd welcome welcome that because I, I can't even imagine the growth that would that would mm. provide me. And so when something like that happens, are you as far as how to how that impacts you from a business standpoint? Is that like a small bump? Is that like a all of a sudden you have 50 percent growth because of a controversy? Well, on the internet, I make a lot of assumptions. Mm -hmm. And with these assumptions, I use my personal assumptions to try and gauge how people respond, for example. So my assumptions are that guys don't really care about controversies at all. All these drama channels are mainly female audience, and those aren't the people who are subscribing to my OnlyFans. So I know my audience. And I, I didn't do that, by the way, I didn't do it on, um, on purpose to gain uh, a controversy on purpose. I just like it's something that I like and I wanted to yeah. post it. No, that feels that feels different uh, of yeah. you you doing that versus like what your <laughs> your hamster troll thing. That feels like a like yeah. a, a much different thing, but it it feels like it's part of the reason why as long as no one is actively being hurt that there's or you're actually committing a crime, it feels like you gain from every controversy. Yeah. Would you say that's correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I was um Honestly, I was quite shocked. Maybe maybe this is me being naive or kind of, I don't know, confused. But in the porn world, there's a lot of this type of content. Mm -hmm. And it's you see it everywhere. I mean, maybe maybe it's just the stuff that I'm watching and I'm just thinking this is normal. I'm not sure. <laughs> but when I posted it, I was like, oh, it's just like a normal, like, it's like right. same as like handcuffs or same as like maybe a paddle or something. Because I'm so... Honestly, I am so desensitized. I, my personal um, sex life is like, has always been really like on a hardcore spectrum. Sure. So I'm really desensitized. So when I was posting it, I was like, oh, just, you know. You're like, this is vanilla. Yeah, I mean, honestly, kind of, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting a backlash at all. And then when it happened, I was like, Oh, oh yeah. It, like maybe if someone like another YouTuber posted this, I would be like, whoa, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't think of it that way. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I guess, I guess, you know, it does feel, do you feel like you've gone zero to 60 with you kind of, what was it? Did you release your, your first sex tape on Christmas, right? Yeah. And then have you, have you done follow up since then? Has that, was it kind of like a, a one-time thing or this is kind of the, the evolution for you? Yeah. I've done follow up stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and have you have you realized or and what's the reaction to that been? And we don't need to go into like specific figures of stuff. I know hmm. that when you were on Logan's podcast, you had you had mentioned before it was a, like a million dollars a month is kind of the the top. Uh, do you did have you seen continued growth from that or was it kind of a, a pop and then, OK, we've seen it. It was uh continued <laughs> no and and i i will say there's one thing i i respect I, I i completely respect the you being against flex culture but it's it's the, the whole world and the business behind it is so incredibly fucking fascinating to me uh it's it's and i really love like how normalized it's been I, it kind of sucks to a certain degree because it feels like some women might have felt 
kind of more pushed towards it because they didn't have options mm. this year. But for the yeah. people that are just like like you, for example, that are expressing themselves, it feels like just kind of opening another door and letting people peer into your life and you benefit from it. It feels it feels good. It feels normal. <laughs> yeah, I must say it is great not to be um, underneath any type of company, really, or like having anyone tell me what to do. Um, that's, I think, the best thing about this whole new wave of like, you know, sex work. Sure. Which is really great. And I know yeah. that I know that uh, you've said that you did finally have a conversation with a company that was interested. You stayed away from it because they would own you. Yeah. So far, based off of the reception from the audience, the continued growth from a mm -hmm. pure monetary standpoint, if you took away your feelings, is it the right? Do you feel like it was the right decision still? Uh, what to like say no to it? To say no to that because I don't know what that figure was. Uh, yeah. I know I know where you were and that it's continued to grow now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, does it? <laughs> if you if you took away. If you if you said, OK, I'm just going to sell my soul yeah. for five years. <laughs> Actually, how about this? What would the number have been that would have made made soul selling OK? Maybe. <laughs> I was like, my number is 20. I've, I've openly said this. If people on the Internet hate me enough for me to go away, start a GoFundMe, raise 20 million dollars. I'll go away. <laughs> I'll go fuck off right now. <laughs> I think maybe. Yeah, maybe like 20, 30. Something like that. <laughs> You're like you own me for thirty million dollars. Got it. It it depends because it's sure. like, um, can I don't want to ruin my opportunity to be able to come back or like I think. One thing is like if you're if you sell yourself for an X amount, right? Sure. You don't want to look back and be like, if I had just continued, I could have made more than that, maybe, mm -hmm. and I would still have the rights over like my myself and everything. For me, really, I just uh, I just I hated I hate all like the contracts mm -hmm. and I hate it. it's like you have to do this. And it's like I don't like feeling like forced you know i think that's Absolutely. that's something i'm so passionate about is being forced to do things is just so yeah it's not it's not great especially in the business world or in any other world really yeah i mean that's that's the number one thing because every now and then uh, creators will come to me because they they're interested in selling a company or potentially a channel and i'm like whatever the number you think it is if you're gonna have to continue working it's the real number for your sanity is way higher because I want to say five years ago, I sold uh, my channel and number of channels uh, and I was making really good money. But exactly what you said, the control, having to do something nightmare, especially like because you're you're an entrepreneur, you're you're your own boss day in, day out. And then mm. someone actually being able to be like, I'm a <laughs> I'm an authority figure and you have to do that. There's there's no there's no yeah. price. That's why I say 20 million dollars. I'll go away. I don't want 20 million dollars <laughs> for a boss. That's a different number. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm kind of worried about like, what if something like randomly happens and I like, I, I don't know, something bad happens and then I can't continue working, but I'm forced to. I'm kind of scared about that scenario happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that if anything, I don't know, bad were to happen in my life, I would be able to stop and no one would be shouting at me. Right. <laughs> I hate being told off. I just hate being told off. I always used to get so like scared about it. I remember there was this one time I was in the playground and this girl was on this like swinging thing and she was like, oh, come and like, uh, like push me around. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I was like a really like, like, um, uh, like, um, 
not aggressive kid, but like really into things like, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll like spin you around. And I just span her around this thing so fast. And her mum came rushing over and started screaming at me. And I've just been, I was just like, I'm so scared. I, I, just, I, just, I was like, <laughs> mum, please take me home. I want to go home. <laughs> so uh, just, uh, sorry, I went on a tangent there. But yeah, I just hate being told off. <laughs> I get it. I get that. Wait, so I mean, you're talking about you as a kid. I, am I correct that you, you dropped out when you were 14? Yeah. Why, why did you, what, what happened there? I'm, I'm interested. Well, it's, um, (laughs) so I kind of like, it's hard to say when I really dropped out because I was kind of dropping out earlier. Mm -hmm. Basically my attendance was like one of the worst in my class or year or whatever. And I, whenever I did come into school, um, people would be like, like make jokes about it. Like, Oh, she's finally in or something like that. And I'd be like, yeah, (laughs) but basically, um, I was actually, uh, having a really, really hard time at home. And, um, so I was finding going to school difficult. And when I would go into school, I just sleep all like in my lessons and stuff. And then it kind of got to a really bad point. And I was like, I can't go into school anymore. I want to move school. So my mom was like, yeah, that's fine. We'll move you to school. I tested some schools out and then I finally found one that was kind of nearby and seemed okay. And I got the uniform for it and everything. And basically around this time, I was really, I feel like you can just guess it. I was really into Filthy Frank and iDubs and these types of channels. And I really liked edgy humor and dark humor. And because I had, I struggled with friendship in real life and I, um, I didn't really uh, have many real life friends. I really, this is what attracted me to the internet, right? All my friends are like online friends and we'd all like joke around and they introduced me to like edgy humor and stuff like that. And I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) So basically um, it was my first day at school. I went in, it was really good. I, um, I was so shy, but I like managed to speak to as many people as I can. I'm really good at like putting up a front. And then I got home. And when I got home, I was like, you know, there was like this status that was on Facebook. Everyone was on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, And I (laughs) made a really edgy comment, but it wasn't malicious and it wasn't to hurt anyone. Basically, I know you'll be like, oh, what was it? So there was this um, ironic Facebook post. And the, this guy was like, I love cancer. Obviously no one loves cancer. It's, you know, it's obvious. It's like, um, it's like saying I love coronavirus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No one does. And then all my friends were commenting like reasons why cancer is so great. Like, Oh, cancer is so great because you can get free wigs or, you know, cancer is so great because I don't know, blah, blah, blah reason. Mm -hmm. So I commented, Oh, I love cancer because you can go to Disneyland or whatever. Dumb comment, stupid. It totally went over my head. And then basically, because what happens when you live in a small town, everyone sees everything. Everyone knows everything. And my school that I left already had a kind of, there's this this thing is school rivalry. You know, when you like go to play football against another school and there's like this rivalry or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I already had this kind of, everyone didn't kind of like me already. 
and I could tell because I wasn't really a part of the school, really. And um, and then I joined this new school and they didn't know me either. And everyone loves gossiping, right? Oh, there's the new girl in school and oh, she's a bitch or whatever. And then basically the status went so big. Like I'm talking small town, mm-hmm. so big. There was a trend going around on Snapchat calling me Bellend, which is like a, it's like a insult in mm-hmm. the UK. I'm not sure if you have it there. And, um, I, people were like, <laughs> I was getting messages, hundreds of messages from people being like, it's n- so not funny because my, you know, everyone's been affected by cancer. So right. everyone is coming to me saying how much it's affected their lives. But the thing is I, I didn't, I I didn't mean to offend anyone and I felt terrible. And I was like, what have I done? What have I done? And people were like, if you come into school, I'm going to beat you up. And I was like, shit. I was, I, I was already a really shy reserved person. Like, you know, one of those, one one of those people that just kind of sit in the back of the class and just like, I don't know. I was, I was just so nervous around this new school. So I was like, I can't go into school. I'm already a wreck. I already found it difficult being in my old school. So I, what I did was my mom finds it really difficult to understand things. So I had to show her. So I, I printed, I printed it all out because I knew she's got a really bad attention span. So if I showed her something on the laptop, she'd be like, oh, uh. so I had to print it. I had to print yeah. it out on a piece of paper, all of the messages so that she'd understand what was happening. So I showed her and I was like, mom. You, like this, this was in the morning and she was like getting ready to go to work. And I was like, mom, you got to look at this. I can't, um, <clears throat> go into school. Uh, and, um, she looked through it and then she like looked at the next page and then the next page and then the next page and it just kept going. There were so many, I can't believe how big it got. And she was like, yeah, I understand. And she called up the teacher and she was like, um, yeah, this has happened. So basically what happened, a lot of people think I lie about this because in the UK, there's a law that's it's illegal Mm -hmm. and it is illegal and your parents will get like fined or, and there's even been cases of parents getting jail time for this. If they don't, if you don't go to school. Yeah. If if you drop out when Mm -hmm. you're under 16, I think it is. It's legal. You have to do it or you have to register as homeschooling something. Um, but I kind of got through a loophole because I wasn't registered at either of these schools. So I just went off the database completely and there was no school that I was under or accounted for. So I just stopped going to school and I just never went back. And then I moved out when I was 15. And then it's it's just been like a crazy, hectic journey. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to take a second to thank one of the fantastic sponsors of today's episode of A Conversation with Skillshare. You know, no matter what 2021 brings, you can spend it creating something meaningful with Skillshare's online classes. Skillshare is an online learning community with millions of members and thousands of classes. Take a class, connect with others. Premium membership gets you unlimited access to high quality classes on topics such as music production, photography, or even how to increase productivity. I know I've said it before, but my all-time favorite on Skillshare has got to be Gary Vaynerchuk. Chuck's context is key, social media strategy in a noisy online world. If you want to check out that one, for example, it is just under 90 minutes of Gary sharing the same tactics and social media strategies that he's used over the years to grow huge brands like GE, 
PepsiCo, and even the New York Jets. And if that doesn't interest you, there's also a ton to learn from understanding and investing in crypto to art of ceramics, web design, graphic design, photography, and more. Skillshare really does have it all. And the best part, Skillshare is super affordable. Their annual subscription is less than $10 a month. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash DeFranco and get a free trial of a Skillshare premium membership. That is Skillshare.com slash DeFranco. So yeah, go check it out. Enjoy it. Love it. Uh, and back to the podcast. Well, so, cause yeah, cause so you get <laughs> local community canceled, right? Which is mm -hmm. what a nightmare. Um, yeah. Cause I, I also like, cause I'm 35. I, I'm very thankful that social media wasn't where it was when I was in middle school and I was in high school. Cause that would be just a nightmare. Cause you know, if you moved then it was very, it wasn't, it wasn't super likely that something would follow you. Like it was MySpace days. <laughs> like it was like people, <laughs> people weren't, weren't, weren't doing that yet. So how, how do you go from having just that, that horrible experience of you, you're 15, you said, and you, I, I was 14 when that okay. happened. So you're 14, you deal with this, like, let's just call it what it is. I mean, it's a social trauma, right? And at what point do you go like, okay, I'm comfortable trying to throw myself out on the internet again? Or did did it never stop? And you were just like, and you just stopped going to school. And that was the only change. It, it, it never like I never stopped being a part of the internet. If anything, this drove me like hard into the internet. Basically, what happened after this was I stayed inside for like several, several months because mm. I had no friends in real life anymore. So I was like, I, I made a online community. Uh, well, not, I didn't make it. I just joined it. <laughs> and then, um, I managed to make some friends from it and I went to visit them. And then I met one who lived in London and then I met them for the first time. There was like this emo group where everyone was like emo and scene. And I went, I was like, this is awesome. And then, and then I met a guy there and he became my boyfriend and then I moved in with him straight away. <laughs> and so was, was that, so around that time was, would you say you were around 17 then? Uh, no, I was 15. Oh, you were, you moved in with someone when you were 15? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, and so, okay. So I'm interested in this because most people, when they're talking to you, they ask that, like that question, they're like, what does your mom think? Right. Which, so everyone kind of knows the answer if they've watched your old podcast. Mm. What, what does she do? I, are you comfortable talking about her? I'm, I'm, fa I'm yeah. really interested in this because she seems like this pivotal figure in your life. And whenever people talk to you, it's just like, does she approve? Which is like, I get it. <laughs> I get it because the industry you're in. But um, mm -hmm. what's what was your relationship like? Because I know that you said your your father wasn't really a part of your life. Was that always or? Um. So my my mom met my dad when she she moved to South Africa for like a modeling gig or mm -hmm. something and he works in like film and rental like he rents out film equipment to people who film adverts over there cuz it's like sure. really sunny there yeah. um and basically they met and my mom got pregnant really fast with me and then my mom's visa ran out so she was like I'm pregnant and my visa's running out. I've got to go back to the UK unless we get married today. So they got married that day wow. in this like office or something. And then they were, I guess, I guess they like made a relationship or something. But I think it was, I think it was probably, this is my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I don't know. I didn't exist. But I think it was probably like a... <laughs> young 
young romance or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were both, I don't know. The thing is, my dad's like, um, uh, uh, like really, really stern. And I think when you are raised, I've spoken to quite a few people about this. Whenever I meet someone and they say, oh, I'm South African or something, I always ask like, oh, what were your parents like? And they always say like, oh, stern. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's really a thing with stern, um, people in South Africa. I'm not sure why, but, um, basically i've i was like historically they probably just didn't have time for the bullshit and they were just like this is what it is oh they are so like cut edge they they will like they will just say something i remember going around even friends houses and all their parents were so different (laughs) to the ones in the uk uk parents and at like school were so nice they were like oh what would you like sweetie and stuff like that and i'd be like oh my god this is like heaven but back then oh my god they are so like straight to the point and stuff um and in some way i got good characteristics from that and in some ways i got really bad Mm -hmm. characteristics from that but um their relationship was really, really um, rough. And um, so, I mean, they fought like a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up around like, um, uh, I don't know, violence a lot mm-hmm. was um, really, uh, I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. And it, it, what's more strange is growing up around, around like, um, you know, a lot of like, um, uh, well, like alcohol abuse and like uh, violence and stuff like that. What was weirder was going around your friend's house and th- and seeing that it wasn't like that mm-hmm. for like other people, and um, sort of coming to terms with um, what you're going through isn't like uh, what everyone else is going through, sort of thing. Um, but uh, my relationship with my mom is um, has always been probably more difficult than the one with my dad because I think I I can throw around like joking like oh I've got father issues or whatever but in reality I never really had a relationship with him so there was nothing to lose Mm -hmm. but I think with a with your uh, like mum usually if you don't have a dad you kind of usually have a mum but um I think when you don't really have that kind of connection either it's um more difficult it's um it's hard to kind of accept that and um it's uh it's definitely hard yeah no i uh i, I, I went on complete tangent, no i sorry. mean i really i i when you when you talk about the the drinking and, and the violence and then especially when you see it with other people i mean i i didn't realize that people could drink alcohol and not could just become a completely different person that might not treat you well until i was maybe 20 um, cause, yeah. cause just as far as someone that was of a, like a 30 or 40 year old age, it was like, okay, that's normal. It's normal to throw a kid across the room. Like that's something that happens to other kids. Right. And then you're like, oh no, <laughs> that's, and then, yeah. and then, and then you're like, okay, wait, so does this mean like, does this person love me? Is this a reflection of me? And usually when you're a kid, you, you put it on yourself, right? You, you're mm-hmm. just like, there's something wrong with me. So is it for you? Is it that? For as long as you've known your mom and for you, it sounds like your relationship with her is more of a sensitive topic because you want there to be one. There is like an expectation yeah. for there to be one. Whereas your dad, it was like you you understood what the situation was. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so has. Uh, hmm. 
And so when you when you're 15 and you move, is there a conversation mm -hmm. or is, is she just OK with it? <laughs> See, it's so strange. It's so strange looking back because all of my friends, you, as a kid, you compare yourself to your friends, right? That's mm -hmm. all you do. That's all you have. So comparing myself to my friends and seeing my friends and like having their parents like, um, <laughs> like be like, oh, she's going to come like, you know, when you're, when you have to check with your parents to see if it's like, okay to like sleep around someone's house or whatever. Yeah. And all my friends would do that. And my mom just wouldn't, or like I'd stay around a friend's house and then I wouldn't even tell my mom. And then I'd come back the next day and she wouldn't even ask where I was. Mm -hmm. I remember there was a time where I was, um, I was 14. This was up when the whole controversy happened or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just, um, went, I, I found someone on the internet, this guy that I really liked. He was 25 at the time. And I just went on a train, went to see him and stayed for him with him for like a day. And then I just came back. And then I remember a few months, like after that, I was just thinking in my head, like, oh, my mom didn't even like ask about that. Like she didn't even like ask where I was or anything. And that was kind of weird. Um, is that so? Is that yeah. a, is that a freeing feeling, or is that like this kind of empty feeling? I think I think at the time. See, this is the thing with children. Okay, at the time you're like, this is so cool, and I remember bragging to my friends. I'd be like, my mum is so cool because she doesn't care. <laughs> and then and then you grow up as an adult, and you're like, fuck, my mum didn't care. Yeah, probably not a, a yeah. great thing that you were able to meet a 25-year-old when you were 15. Yeah. God. So, what is... How... Was that... So, is that like a one-time thing? Or is that... Like, that, <laughs> that's... that's I don't even know how to address that. Because that's like... That's really scary to me. And I barely know you. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, I definitely had... Um, I don't know, an interesting time growing up. I remember my first boyfriend, he was um, the same age as me. I met him when I was like 13 or 14. I can't remember. Sure. Um, but like, I think it was 13. I met him and then um, he was my first boyfriend. I dated him for a year. And then it, like when I broke up with him, I think things got really shit in my school as well. And like, we both actually had really poor attendance for some reason. I'm not sure why we both did. Maybe we just like attract that type of person yeah. or whatever. But basically, um, um, I did something really, really bad in that relationship. And I went to a, a festival with one of my friends and I cheated on him with a, um, a much older guy. He was like, he was 30 years old, I think. And I just kissed him or whatever. And then when I came back to my like 14 year old boyfriend, I was like, um, Hey, maybe our relationship isn't going to work out. Cause I think I need to like, uh, I don't know, just see what else is like going on in the world or something in some way. Like I never look back at these experiences and be like, because like, it wasn't like anything bad or anything. I, we just like, I don't know. Nothing well, bad happened. Well, I mean, you're, you're, but, you're um, saying there's nothing bad about it as in like your personal growth as a, a child, but it sounds like we just we need to go through <laughs> your four, year fourteen to maybe year seventeen and arrest a number of people that you came across. <laughs> is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's just strange how like um, I think 
the thing is, this is a really, or was, I'm so glad culture has changed now in society. But when I was younger, this was a really prominent thing of um, much older men in the emo and scene community. I'm not sure if it was just in the UK or in America as right. well, but I can only speak for the UK. But in the UK, it was a really big thing for um, so, like 25-year-olds to be dating 14-year-olds. So like all my friends in like really? this type of community, yeah, it really, really was. Wow. I have known so many people whose first boyfriend was like a 24-year-old when they were like 14. And so like and in that so, moment, it just feels cool and not, I mean, because now do you see it as predatory? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously now it's bad. But like when I look back at my old experiences or whatever, I'm just like, um, um, it doesn't really, I mean, I never think about it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just something that happened, you know? And um, it's... Uh, I wouldn't even say I grow from it because it didn't really do anything. So it feels it feels like insignificant it was, to you. It was just so it was just normal. Every everyone huh. was doing it. Well, not everyone, but I mean, I I knew so many of my like girlfriends or whatever who was dating much older guys. But now looking back at it as like a twenty one year old being looking oh yeah looking at um fourteen year olds now oh my god it's so weird. That's what trips me out. Well, because, yeah, because like if you think look at a 14, because you're I mean, you're 21, which is to me very young, but you're even very young looking for 21. So you looking at a 14 year old, like. Does that does that then right, like as we're talking about it now, does that make you go like what would a 25 year old or a 30 year old? Yeah, be? like because that's that's really yeah. concerning. Like that's. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that is. um probably some advice that maybe I should have gotten around the time. Like, um, be like, oh, imagine yourself being a 25-year-old and then looking at yourself and then kind of think about that. But like, you you just see them and they're like 25 or whatever and they're really hot and they're like, and they're like got cool like emo hair and they can skate or something. And, <laughs> and honestly, no. <laughs> and I'd, and I just think to myself, this is what I think. I'd be like, I cannot believe you like me. That's what I think. I'd be like, I can't but believe that's what's so you scary. like That's that, like, that, like that's that's like the I mean, I've and I feel like the only reason I'm aware of it is like the the conversations that have happened over the past decade. But that's like you're you're like specifically talking about this the predatory power dynamic between someone of that age and a 14 year old. I don't want, I don't want to talk about you. Like you're someone that, or a something that is like meant to be like protected and, and like fucking white knight. But like, if mm. there is someone listening, I just kind of want to make it clear that is, I don't think oh, that's an yeah. okay situation. Cause that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's very easy to talk about your own personal experiences very differently than how you would address it with someone else. Like if someone else was, um, like now saying that they're going through that experience, obviously I'd be like, get, no, yeah. this is terrible. You, there's red flags or whatever. But I think talking about your own stuff is kind of like, cause it's you and you can't really like, um, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really, uh, it hits different seeing it on someone else. You know? Sure, 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 sure. So, but I mean, <laughs> so if you saw something today that resembled what happened then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, yeah. So that also makes me think, are you, uh, are you kind of the, the person that's like, I have no regrets what, what happened, happened and got me to this point or, uh, every now and then do you look back and you're like that thing, maybe I would change that thing. Honestly, like 
in my, I mean, before the internet and I grew older or whatever, in my like young, young mm-hmm. life, there was nothing I really could really change or do anything different. Sure. It just is what it was and you can't really change other people or anything. But I mean, growing up as an adult, maybe there are some things that I would change. I think, um, but then again, I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this position now, but there's definitely things that I wish, like, I wish I could be in the same position, but be someone else. Like mm. I really just, um, like, obviously my position now is great. Like I, I did it. I got successful. That's amazing. Anyone could ever dream about that, but I got successful and a lot of people dislike me. And sometimes I look at people like, um, you know, all these new Twitch streamers coming up and everyone loves them and I love them. And I just wish like, I see all their comments and they're all like, we love this person. And I'm like, oh, wow, that looks so cool. Um, but that, but that, that, that doesn't last forever. <laughs> like it doesn't like I, I constantly think obviously it's different. But I, I, if you, we look at like the mainstream, you look at like Jennifer Lawrence types, Chris Pratt types, um, mm-hmm. way, way, way aging myself, Dane Cook, like everyone loves someone until they can throw them under the bus. Like very few people yeah. are able to hold it. I feel like PewDiePie Felix has done an incredible job for how long he's been up. Mm-hmm. Um but I think maybe even he's been more universally loved because he's been disliked by uh, mainstream types, which just like yeah. gets you gets you even more praise. But inevitably, people will hate you. I used to be freaked out about the idea or hate like that mm-hmm. someone wouldn't like me. Uh, luckily, it's it's more based on like my opinion. So it feels like I can deflect it. And it's like but the, the stuff that hurts me is when it's yeah, it's like uh, the core of my character. When my character gets called into yeah. question, that's that's when it <laughs> that's when it really sucks. Or like people start saying fake shit, which I know that you've had a, a lot. <laughs> there was I, I won't even bring those up again. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I I get it to a certain degree. But but even as we kind of talked about in the beginning, those people are just adding money to your bank account, too. Like if if I didn't know that people were losing their mind over your post, like. I probably wouldn't have covered it in the show. A lot of places wouldn't have talked about it. The new people that weren't aware of you wouldn't have come to you. So I, I feel yeah. like those people are probably <laughs> more beneficial than the the guy that's like scared to hit like on your picture. Because <laughs> <laughs> at least the people that are hating you are retweet or quote tweeting you. Yeah. And um, no. Yeah. I mean, I really can't complain. Even if I get like all the hate in the world you know, my life has changed so much for the better. It's given me uh, financial freedom to live by myself. And that's amazing. And not be like, I always thought in my life, like I had, um, cause you know, dropping out of school so young and having no GCSEs, which is like the equivalent to whatever your like test mm-hmm. or whatever high school is. Like I, I can't even get into college or like get work at McDonald's or something. Cause I think that requires GCSEs as well. So I was like, I am fucked. <laughs> like I've, this is I've the ruined my life. Like, what am I meant to do? So I just kind of thought, oh, I'm kind of just destined to. I think this is what all dumb, like young, not well, maybe just me, me being a young girl. So I was just like, oh, I'll just like <laughs> end up marrying someone somehow who will kind of like, like I don't know, support me, which is which is dumb. And ultimately, I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Ultimately being financially stable by yourself and being in the position where like whoever can leave you 
and you will be fine by yourself mm-hmm. is so much freedom and power so that's that is great and i can't complain yeah well it's, i mean um, it's really good i mean yeah that's that's really key one because money can put stress on a relationship but then two it, it really lends itself to i'm choosing to be with this person which uh, unfortunately i mean not everyone gets to say so i mean if you if you continue doing what you're doing for one year at let's say even a diminished rate that's you're set for life as long as you invest properly and you pay your taxes properly which i know you've talked about um mm-hmm. you do it for several years you're talking about probably generational wealth if you invest properly and uh so i know that you you've you've talked about in the past that you want to kind of just become like a quote unquote normal person when you're 30 or do something different what is if you got to choose the plan, as much as it is, because I hate the what are you doing in five year question, but because you've talked about like transitioning to more family life at 30, what would the ideal mm-hmm. game plan be? Because you're top of your field right now. There, I know yeah. I, based off of the way that you've talked about it, it feels like there's no doubt that you're going to try <laughs> some uh, outside the box stuff that we might not expect initially. <laughs> um, what's yeah, what is that? What is the, the ideal path look for you? Look like for you? Um, honestly, just a, I just would like a simple, comfortable life in like a, a nice, like country house or something. And maybe have a few animals on my land. That'd be quite cool. And maybe just do like, I'm very like switch and flip. I like, I like, I'll do something hardcore for like a year and then my interest will just change or something. Like at the moment, I've got this obsession with metal detectors and I just bought one and I just really want to like, um, I don't know, find stuff. I went on like a, one of those weird late night binges where I just like watched like still unfound treasures yeah. or something in, in the UK. And I was like, whoa, that now that is what I need to do. <laughs> So I think um, I'll probably be one of those chaotic parents that just go on weird, like yearly cycles of random things. Like this year, I am going to become a trucker and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know, just, just whatever. I, I'm just, uh, I honestly could not put a pinpoint on myself do because you think, I constantly fluctuate. Do you, do you think that you can turn off that part part of your brain that feels like a part of uh or feels like you're accepted because of the online stuff wait what do you mean well um i feel like uh i've seen you talk in the past of like or i mean you've talked now of like uh kind of being canceled and ostracized by those close to you seeking community online mm-hmm. which i very much get uh especially because no, yeah. you know home life not great um you have yeah. a lot of love a lot of attention you talk about you know wanting to have like you almost want like universal love because the the negative you know, affects you. But do you think you could turn it off? Like, do you think that you could be like, and I'm no longer this person. And so I might not get the love that I've gotten used to. Oh, yeah. You could. Yeah. 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 Easily. It, has it become too like, much? Um, I, I'm really good. Like, uh, what people like don't know is I've <clears throat> never owned a phone. So I still don't own, own a phone to this day, apart from like taking pictures. But like the, the normal use of owning a phone, like taking it out in public, I never do that. I've literally never done that. Apart from like, if I need to like, I don't know, call an Uber or something, I'm lost. I just take it out for like security reasons like that. But um, I am really good with switching things off. And I think that's like a really good trait I have. So last year, when I, not, not last year, uh, I don't know, whenever I like went away for a year, I disappeared. I just switched 
everything off. And I just never thought about it again. And I just like, I was in my own world. I was painting and making art and I was really obsessed with Halloween. So I just spent like months preparing for it. And I was just in my own world and I didn't think about it. Didn't Google my name didn't do anything. Sometimes what was really weird, I, I got so out of it that when I would like watch YouTube videos and my face would pop up like randomly, I'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa, you know, <laughs> it'd be really strange, but I'm really good at, at doing that. So I, I find comfort in knowing that when I want it to stop, I can make it stop at least up here. That's, that's really, really healthy. One in general, but two, especially at your age, that's a, that's really, really good. Surprise, surprise. It is me again interrupting myself to tell you about one of our fantastic sponsors, Manscaped. If you didn't know, Manscaped is the premium brand for men's grooming and hygiene. Now, they've got a ton of great grooming and lifestyle products, but they've really changed the game with their new Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, which is huge because honestly, there are a few things worse than ear and nose maintenance gone wrong. Seriously, it is hope that you do not have to know that at all. Get up close to my face. I'm trying to save you. But really, the Manscaped team spent over a year reinventing the nose hair trimmer with a focus on performance and comfort. And it comes with that same proprietary skin safe technology, uh, the same kind as their lawnmower body trimmer, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. It's also water resistant features a powerful 9,000 RPM motor with a 360 degree rotary dual blade system. And right now, Manscaped has their new performance package, which includes all the tools you need for below the waist grooming and hygiene, plus their new weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Be sure to select the Peak Hygiene Plan at checkout to receive a replaceable blade every three months delivered straight to your door for ultra convenience. Just head on over to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping today. But that said, back to the podcast. Um. I know something that you you've talked about and obviously you're still evolving as an entertainer um, because you said you've you've been with your your partner for like three years now. Um, and wait, is that correct? Um, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let, like three, four okay, years. So I we'll say that. three, four years. And um, you've talked about like you what you guys are comfortable with has 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 kind of evolved. What were you not yeah. comfortable with or what was he maybe not comfortable with earlier on compared to now? Oh my gosh. It's, it's always been like, um, like at the beginning, I think was probably the biggest shift was when I was doing normal, like non lewd content. And then I just, when I first got into like lewd content, which is like wearing lingerie mm -hmm. on the internet or like maybe showing like my side of my butt or something that was actually, this is so weird to say, but that was probably the biggest step because we had the conversation about it. And I think he was kind of thinking like, oh, am I comfortable with this? I'm not sure. Am I comfortable with this? And he was kind of having that own conversation with himself. And eventually he was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's fine. And then it took me like a while to be comfortable with it as well. Because it, um, it was six months after I turned 18 where I was like thinking about it. So it was like, that's six months is quite a long time to be like unsure about doing it. Right. And um, and we we had this so it was, we had the conversation about porn came up. We were randomly like sat on the sofa and sometimes we just have, you know, hour long conversations out of nowhere. And we were just went into this weird conversation and somehow it transpired randomly into doing porn. And we, it's so funny because I feel like so much out of my internet presence has come from a joke, like 
we'll make, we'll make a joke to each other and then we'll both go quiet for a few seconds and then we'll say it again and then we'll speak about it and then I'll do it. <laughs> it always starts from like this weird kind of joke. And we thought about it and we were like, oh, will we be comfortable with it? I'm not sure. Will we? You know, it's a big part of your presence. And we've spoken so long about it. Like this will be on the internet forever. And we knew about other creators in the past who have come forward saying that they regret it. And we don't want that for ourselves. And we really went into every single nitpicky thing mm -hmm. that could possibly affect us. And we were like, oh, maybe this will be really difficult for us. So maybe if we ever do do porn, we'll sell out, which is why we like the whole company thing came into thing because we thought we'll film it, we'll sell it to them and we'll leave the internet because maybe we'll find it so difficult to look at the internet and comments and things like that, that we just won't be able to bear it. But it's so funny because that was so different from reality. So when the company thing, when we said no to that and we were like, right, we'll do it by ourselves. It was so anticlimactic. It was like, I posted it. And I was expecting to have this really nervous mm -hmm. feeling. And I was, uh, you know, I posted it onto my OnlyFans page and everyone was commenting on about it. And I was like... <laughs> it just, it, now it was just a thing that happened. Yeah, it was like, okay, I'm, I feel completely normal. This doesn't feel any different to any of my other things. It was so strange. So it's so strange how me post, like just wearing lingerie and posting on the internet felt so intense. And doing this big leap felt like absolutely nothing it just shows normalization yeah i mean yeah i mean uh, what going from lingerie to that obviously is an escalation but you're already in that world right i feel like yeah i was in it for so long yeah yeah and so what's what's the reasoning behind him being anonymous um i think that's just no purpose to showing his face and if anything it just takes away like, um, cause we were wondering like, oh, if I come out about having, you know, a partner, are people going to be really mad at me? Because there are things <laughs> There's about- There's probably some people, right? There were way less than yeah. I assumed. I thought I was going to get massive backlash because there have been girls who, like on Twitch and stuff that have been exposed for having a boyfriend, um, even though it's perfectly their right not to speak right. about that stuff but they'll be exposed for it they'll get huge backlash for it and i was worried like oh man like i'm gonna have to say it before we do this and um it actually went completely fine i didn't really get any backlash from it i don't think but it kind of I wanted I wanted my profile to still be about me. Mm -hmm. You know, I still want to try and be the girlfriend experience. And I think if you put a face to the guy, it can kind of take away from <laughs> me sure. in, a, in a really non-arrogant way. Just like um, just in a you know, I'm I'm selling a fantasy mm -hmm. on the internet. You know, I want I want to be a, your ideal. Yeah. Thing so, so even internet, even yeah. though in your experience you're having sex with your partner, for the viewer, you're not having sex with that guy. You're having sex with a guy, like just this yeah, less, yeah. this less. Because yeah. it can put them off when they see that face. You know, I just want him to be in, in a non-demeaning way, a kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How the brawls are reversed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So okay, you know, actually, so around this. Um, Obviously, it changes the dynamic now that he's participating. But 
I'm kind of interested in, did you have any thoughts on whether it be the specific situation or kind of the the larger thing? Were, are you familiar with when iDubs came under fire because I guess his partner had an OnlyFans? Are you familiar with any of that? That Yeah. Where all yeah. of a sudden iDubs went from like this universally loved person to all of a sudden a bunch of fucking douchebags calling him a simp. Uh, what, <laughs> what are also douchebag is my term because that's so fucking stupid in my eyes. But, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts around kind of that, that conversation of the, the only fans boyfriend being, being a simp if he's not, uh, participating? Oh, see, I can see, I'm very good at putting myself in other people's shoes. So I can completely see from their perspective and I can completely see people were mad at iDubs because I guess iDubs in their eyes were like they put him on such a pedestal and they were like he makes fun of everyone mm-hmm. including sex workers and now when so you think he, it was you know he's obviously dating so you thought it was more about hypocrisy yeah, they, they in some way I think that's what they thought but obviously in the real world you know he's just making mm-hmm. jokes they're all just jokes um you can't really pinpoint like that and I think um but from my perspective in my eyes I think it's um I just think it's hot. <laughs> I, I don't think it takes away from a guy filming and having sex online. I don't think it takes away and makes them a, a simp at all or for their girlfriend to be online being hot. So what? He's dating her. That's cool. That's really cool. I see other sex workers with boyfriends and I'm, I don't look at their boyfriend any different way at all because you know what? She's hot. You, you know, if you long, you have a healthy relationship. That's yeah, cool. I, the way that you talk about it, it feels very much like it's just this, this fantasy, this disconnected thing. And maybe if anything, like this idea is, is more of a, <laughs> this is so fucking lame of me, but it, maybe it's more of a commentary about like the parasocial relationships we have with, with internet creators, or I mean, uh, with, with someone like you, which is different. Like people just get news from oh, me, yeah. but when you, even you saying like the girlfriend experience that I imagine you've probably had more negative experiences with people that like that, like you, than negative experiences with people that hate you. Is that, would that be accurate? Oh, I, and um, obviously I'm like, I'm not trying to set you up to make some broad statement about OnlyFans subscribers. Actually, I've never had like someone who's harassed me, who's been nice. I, I'm, I'm not sure, maybe I'm lucky in yeah. this sphere, but I've never had someone who's liked me so much that they've been really aggressive or really, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, they are, but they're like just off the cuff comments and something like that. It's not, it's not like um, something intense, like involving real life no, like or anything. like stalker harassment-esque sort of thing. They're, they're, I've had that, but they're only from negative oh. people who actually dislike oh. me. So that's probably worse. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, scary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Never from someone who's uh, like me, though. I wonder what that would be like, a stalker that really likes you and they come up to your house. What would they well, do? I, like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, own? some of the, yeah, some of the, some people, like some of the experiences that I've seen online, it's like people feel like they're in a relationship with the person. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to name drop because I don't want them to have to like relive through stuff, but like where someone's just so infatuated with the girl that they hate the, 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 like the, the husband and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad mm. you haven't experienced that though. That's, that's good. I, I feel like yeah, that's a little bit rare. Yeah. So let's knock on yeah. wood yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, oh, who's, yeah. uh, who's out there right now as a, a creator, whether it be in your space or just online, uh, that you love to, to watch or you support them and you're excited by them. 
I think someone who uh, you're familiar with also that has been like my, not well, since the start, like since I was really young, it's kind of brought me into like, not brought me into, but like uh, I'd like to follow with cosplay and stuff was Jessica Negri. She's really so cool. So she's actually the one, she's Amazing. actually the person that made me go like, okay, so there, I, <laughs> I was talking to her forever ago is when I first became aware of you. And I forget if I asked her what's up with what's up with this Belle Delphine girl, uh, but she was like, she's a sweetheart, she's great, and I was like, oh, she's okay. That's it's 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 uh, it's either her taking it to like a ten of her personality, or it's a character, and it's like genius marketing. And I was I was really interested from then on. But yeah, she if Jessica Negri talks highly of you, I'll I'll automatically trust a person. That's so cool. I've only ever screamed on two occasions with something related to the internet. The first, I was in the car and I was driving. Well, no, I wasn't driving. My partner was driving. And I checked my phone and I saw Jessica Negri had messaged me and I just screamed. It was amazing. And then the second time I screamed was the first time I was in a PewDiePie thumbnail, just because that was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the two times. Yeah, she's been, it feels like, uh, she took on the, oh my God, I'm going to get the name wrong. Just the, the role of like, not person, not gatekeeper, but like the person that like connects people in the community and like genuinely supports other creators, which is, which is kind of rare because, uh, in a number of different fields, everyone views each other as competition. Um, do you ever have yeah. to, do you ever have to deal with that? Or is it a general, generally supportive community as far as creators? I actually don't even, um, follow any other oh, really? like people who do what I do I just um on like Twitter and stuff I just follow like um YouTubers and Twitch streamers and people I admire but none of them are actually in my space just because like I use my like my one only platform Twitter to just kind of browse for my own interests I don't really want to see work related stuff sure. so I don't actually uh uh know but um, she, she she she's great she's like um I just Oh, I wish the best for her because I think she's one of just such a nice person. Yeah. No, I uh, last time I saw her, I was like, um, I, I always feel like you're on drugs or you're faking because in my cynical brain, no one can be this nice or positive. <laughs> like it has to be fake because that's how I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where's your flaws? <laughs> All right, Belle, next section. I have this little card game. I, I do it in every episode and I still don't know what it is. It's the something, something, something game. Okay. Uh, it gives me a question and it's, uh, it might go deep and it might be, or it might be superficial. So be prepared for anything. Okay, cool. It's all random. Okay. Oh, right off the bat, Belle, what about the world scares you the most and how do you overcome that fear? Oh God. I think, um, the obvious one is death, but like, I, I fear death so much that I've actually really looked into getting, um, uh, by my, one of my own, um, what are those things that pump your chest when you like your heart stops? Oh, defibri defibrillator? Yeah, defibrillator. Yeah. I've, um, looked and like analyzed different models about their best features. So I want one for my own house just because <laughs> I saw somewhere this one guy, he was in a restaurant and he suffered a heart mm -hmm. attack and he was really, really young, like early twenties. And some guy just managed to like get a defibrillator nearby and saved his life. And if he waited like any longer, he would have had permanent right. brain damage. And I was like, with all the money in the world, superficial shit 
doesn't matter. So what about a bag? So what about glasses? So what about a car? Whatever. If you can spend like a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars on something that potentially could save your life, even the zero point zero 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 one percent of your chance of having a heart attack, why, 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 why not? Why, why? Why get a bag when you could die and you could save your life? How much would you pay if you had a t- heart attack? How much would you pay in that second? Yeah. You would pay everything. So why not? Why doesn't everyone not have this? And the other thing is, I've also really looked into um, being cryogenically frozen so that like on the 0.01% chance that I can come yeah. back, like I would so, be okay, that so one Hypothetically, you get into the situation because if I might be misremembering what 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 the situation is. If you are in the in the state of you are actively dying, do you do yeah. you want and and they go, we got a fifty percent chance of saving her, or we're gonna cryogenically freeze her, and and what which which do you do? Because you're, I'd have to go for the fifty percent chance to save me because I don't know the statistics on cryogenically frozen. But if I knew the statistics on the getting frozen part and it was like sixty percent, then I go for okay. that. Okay. What about if you're fifty years old? <laughs> You've lived a life. Oh. Now, now, now you got to decide. See, it's so difficult because I really hope when they can or if they can bring you back to life, they can bring you back as like robot form because I really don't want to just be like a 90 year old for the rest of my life. That but this is, that's the thing that bothers <laughs> me with those things. I'm like, I don't, it just seems like it's a copy. It's like, we're just, we're just copy pasting a personality. And is it, is it actually me? No, but they obviously, you would not believe in like the 19th century about phones. So why? And okay, Mm -hmm. here's one thing. I've read so many things about this. So you would not believe in the 19th century or whatever that someone told you we can bring someone back from Mm -hmm. the dead. And it is true because we can. Someone's heart can completely stop for even like 10 minutes. You pump their heart. That is bringing someone back from the dead. So why is it such a far fetch that, you know, people are cloning like sheep and stuff. So maybe in the future we can just <laughs> but it's like a co- But it's a copy. A- That's what I mean, though, is it's like because it's not like the consciousness. Well, no, they'd, they'd have. <laughs> There would be a way to do that. There would be, there's, there's going to be a Jeff Bezos 2.0 that's going to figure this out. And it's out. actually just, it's just him <laughs> and a robot, which I, I respect. That's why he's yeah. stepping down from Amazon. <laughs> All right. Um, actually, wait, I want to, before we go to the next card, I'm going to make, I'm going to push against what you said in, you know, defibrillator versus a bag. What is your favorite purchase that you've made? Oh, Okay. This is, I've made one really dumb purchase and this is a really dumb purchase. I don't, I don't buy any brands and stuff. I'm not really into that. I, I get, I get like a, not a high, but like a, a pleasure sense or whatever. When I get a really good mm-hmm. deal, I'm like, yes, this costs so less, so much less money. <laughs> and, um, but I did spend one thing. Um, so I've got this like, toy that like I that I like sleep with every night and I like bring him around everywhere and I went to this like bougie furniture store just to see what was in there and they had a mini leather sofa like this Mm -hmm. big um it was like 300 pounds which is like really expensive that's like 450 dollars or something like that and I was like am I really about to drop this money on a leather sofa, a fake leather sofa for my little toy? And I was like, yeah, I'm about to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. But still, that's not, that's not outrageous. That's not, I mean, it, it is and it isn't. Uh, it, it was for you a few years ago. 
that's that's yeah. not now. Have you? I mean, I mean, yeah, but like at the same time, like when you're like normal, you know, friends are coming around with normal jobs mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, what's this? And you're like, um, this is just a, it's just, it's just 20 pounds. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing. I didn't just do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then you feel really bad. No, like, I think, <laughs> I think it's a healthy shame. I think it's a healthy shame. One that you, <laughs> it's one, a cute, one that you'll get, you'll, you'll get over, I think, but yeah, that's good. Right. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be in my mind until I die. This stupid sofa. <laughs> I was like, I was like, for me, mine's mine's my Tesla because I was like, there's no reason I should have paid that much money for a car. I don't drive that much, and it was just it was just for it. Uh, yeah, but it, it's you use it every day. Well, okay. it's really so, useful. It's got cool features. It's got little so, lights. Okay, I'll, I'll say correction. <laughs> it, it's not necessarily that I got the car. It's that I paid. <laughs> I think it's like thirty thousand dollars more to just make it go faster <laughs> like to like because it's like i was like hmm do i want to go zero to 60 in three seconds or do i want to go zero to 60 in 2.1 and i was like that. okay how, how often do you like use the really fast feature so about once a week about once a week oh, oh really? yeah oh, wow, i put okay. uh, yeah i I, oh, I, wow. I call it like my smile button because it's impossible if you're on a like a flat road to <laughs> if you just jam your foot down there's, it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster that I get to drive every single day. I only take advantage of it once a week. Uh, but yeah, it's like it was from. Okay, that's fine then. It makes me happy. I think that's and okay. So, and that, and, then they, then yeah, there you go. And the sofa makes me happy. So as long as it makes us happy, it's, it's the same fine. thing. All right. <laughs> yeah. So what is your earliest memory? Oh, my gosh. I had this memory and i'm not sure if it's you know when when you're not sure if it's real or not but i've kind of got like some evidence that it might be Mm. real so i've got this like memory of me like being on the floor so obviously i'm like crawling or something and like finding scissors and being really like um uh interested by them and then cutting my own hair with it and like just that that was just my like a first weird memory and i know the only reason i know it's like my earliest memory because it was because it was from like a certain house that was apparently like my first right. house or something and um i do have um evidence for that some way because i've got pictures of me as a child and i look like a boy i had the shortest hair and when it's so funny whenever i show like my like boyfriend at the time or whatever like um what like oh pick me pick me out <laughs> and they'd pick all the girls and then they'd be like oh is that you because they wouldn't be able to tell if I was a boy or a girl because <laughs> I had like really like buzzed hair because I obviously messed up my hair so uh yeah so that's the first one yeah what about you what was yours uh mine it feels like I was like a robot that turned on my first memory it's it's a birthday I remember seeing a bunch of Hot Wheels cars and then I remember seeing a Batman cake uh and then uh all the kids went in my room and we watched uh et but the only version of the et uh movie that we had and this was back in the day it was on vhs was uh in spanish and so not a spanish like not a kid in the house that speaks spanish and we're just like 10 of us eating <laughs> batman cake watching et so i think that's my first that's my first memory and then and then it's just video game memories my dad telling me the Easter yeah. Bunny uh, will punch me in the face with magic boxing gloves if I see him. So stay in bed. And then I was 21. That's the last thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it happens. You just jump, 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 jump. Uh, Belle. Yeah. Ooh, actually, wait. I want to I ask this. Do you, uh, do you believe in ghosts? Mm-hmm. 
Say no. Say no. <laughs> no, boo. It's a weird one. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a boring No, I, I, I remember when I went on uh, the H3 podcast, he asked me at the end, he was like, yeah, I didn't ghost stories. And I was like, no. And I dislike people that believe in them. And I don't, I don't, I have, I have a very, randomly very hard stance on this. I don't know why. It's not like I can't explain anything in the universe outside of like, I understand science handles. I don't know. It just bothers me so much for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're not on the same wavelength. But what the most I remember what the most magical thing was because um, I, I, I'm a huge uh, chocolate uh, milkshake mm-hmm. drinker. I drink it every single day, all the time. So I like put in the powder and I you go to the fridge and there's no milk and you get that devastating feeling like like. I've just poured it out. This is awful, tragic, worst thing ever happened to anyone on the face of the world. And then you turn around and you realize the milk is on the countertop and, <laughs> and you've got it. So you, you get that huge rush of a uh, negative emotion about, fuck, I can't drink my milkshake. And then it is there. <laughs> that's uh, that's okay. I like, I, I like the, the level of drama <laughs> compared to the stakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly uh, Belle, uh <laughs> break down your life thus far into chapters and what would each chapter title be oh my gosh so it sounds um, like what we have probably zero to 13 14 i think i'd probably have um when i lived in south africa because that was like it felt like a dream it felt like a different so comp different polar opposite than uh, you said it's like two different worlds i think you've described it before yeah 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 so probably south africa and then probably my schooling Mm -hmm. because that's like a big big chunk in the uk and then maybe me going through like um (laughs) my uh my really confused phase where I'm like moved out, but I don't know what I'm doing with my life and I've got nothing to my name and I'm just like on the internet, but I'm no one and everything is bad. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, this internet journey. So I'd say there's so, okay, four. four. So let's start with South Africa. What's the name of that chapter? South Africa. <laughs> just, just the location. <laughs> All right. And then, and then, okay. And then schooling. Um, I was like, if you say schooling, we're gonna have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we could call it a journey to knowledge. Oh, okay. I was, I, I was gonna call knowledge. it cancer canceled. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's better. That's better. Uh, and I then like you that. exist on the internet, but you don't really. Uh, you're not known. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um I'm so little miss nobody I'm, I'm i'm doing your book i'm your editor yes yes you <laughs> a little miss nobody. i'll hire yeah. you You're thank right. you i need this job i don't know how long my new show is gonna last <laughs> okay what, what's comfortable then <laughs> no, what, what, <laughs> i don't know actually so you do four I, I i did all the heavy lifting you you you, you oh, said a location yeah. You're <laughs> ah, okay <laughs> um um uh uh uh, I made I'm, it. I, I don't made know. it. Cool. Epic. Okay. Woo. Party. <laughs> You're better. I'm, you know, I have experience, but not really. You, uh, you actually, when, when you, when I see you talk about stuff, you, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to take this and I don't know how accurate it is. You, the way you talk about things, as far as like how you plan things out, the only person in it can make me think of is, uh, Mr. Beast. Hey, Jimmy. Oh, what? Yeah, as really? far as like how you oh. talk about like 
the way that you game plan things because a lot of a lot of like online creators in general a lot of it's kind of chaotic energy um mm. like everything kind of just raw happens raw or they like bring someone on and they plan it out it seems like everything's your brainchild and you, you've been like right now do you have like the next thing in your head that you're gonna do to to either grow or to fuck with people kind of yeah. kind of but um it's a. Uh... I mean, it will probably change. The thing is, with everything that I've kind of done online, I think about it and I do it the same day. Like oh. pretty much all of like the the stunts that I've kind of done, it was all like I thought about it. Oh, I joked about it. Then I thought about it and then I did it. So um, it's hard to say because I feel like at the moment I'm on a real like um, – mind block i think everyone's you know feeling kind of low and shitty and you know as am i and i'm just like that my creativity is just plonked so um i guess i'll just wait until it comes back and then i'll think about something and i'll do it the same day well because you don't <laughs> how much do you have to like stay on the the treadmill as a as a creator like are you having to output daily or you know what, what's what's like a week look like for you yeah, I try and post like daily content. If I can't do that, I'll post like every other day or something like that. So I'll just like, um, see, it's strange because when like my controversies or my things have gone quiet on the mm -hmm. internet, I'm practically like dead because I'm not a YouTuber. Sure. I don't post content every day. And even on Twitter, I'm quite inactive. So it's quite easy for people to think like, oh, I'm dead. I'm not doing anything. But the thing is, I am like plummeting out content on my, you know, OnlyFans to, uh, because that's kind of like my main platform, I yeah. suppose. And, uh, and so for you, is it, is it usually kind of like a, a one-way avenue, you just posting things or do you also, uh, whether it be for OnlyFans or, or something else, are you like, FaceTiming with people? Are you doing some sort of more direct? I've done like, um, I've done like game shows before. So I made my own, like, um, <laughs> I made my own wooden wheel <laughs> and I got this like spinning uh, metal device and I like screwed it in and you can like spin it and I put numbers all the side of it and whatever number it like landed on, people could like choose what it was or something like that. I just made up my own little game show that I did and it was like interactive and it was really cool. And it's got, there's like polling things so I can do like a poll sure. and people can vote. So I try, I try to keep it like engaging and fun and different like I'm gonna, that. I'm going to flip it on you for a second. Is there something you want to ask me? Oh, oh my gosh! Um, like, okay, this like <laughs> how much? Of, okay, this is how much of the um, information do like you collect? Do you just like do, does your team just do it? Sorry, this is such a stupid. No, question. no, 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 such no. It's a uh, so it's a mixture, right? So especially in this year, my goal has been to talk about like instead of three things a show where we would try and dive deep on stuff get it to closer to like 10 to 16. And so I, mm. I end up screening everything, but uh, the number of stories I work on from like beginning to end and it's only me, it's only a few. Like mm. uh, I very much mm. rely on the team uh, to like, we start very early in the morning. Uh, a number of stories are selected. Uh, we split it up by sections. Um, everyone works mm. on it. And then I essentially get like a rough. And if it's like, next level and it's the good thing is when you work with people for a long time they know how you talk <laughs> and so it's like oh shit that's yeah. me um yeah but yeah i mean it's a it is a, it's, it's genuinely a, a group effort so because otherwise there's yeah, there's great. 
it would be impossible to be as well versed as we try to be on every individual thing. Like, I don't know (laughs) the ins and outs of how vaccines work. So that it's like that's someone's beat essentially where it's like that's their their thing. But yeah, we uh, we split it. But it's yeah, it's a lot different than what it used to be. It used to be I come in at five o'clock in the morning. I work by myself for four hours and then I start to film and then then my shoot day starts. But that's that's just not stable. That's 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 why I like I've burnt out a number of times. But that's the one thing that I I like is I can I can feel it coming. I know how to handle it and and how to deal with it. That's good. That's good. It's always good to uh, kind of predict when you're about to have a mental breakdown so you can kind of just like yeah. lower yourself. Yeah, honestly, the, the most stressful <laughs> thing is is not me. It's feeling like I can't take a break because I'm like burning money because I have a team and then they're going to be worried like what's Phil <laughs> doing? So, Oh yeah, it's so much responsibility on your end. Like if you don't want to, you know, you can't just really like choose not to work for like two months because you've got this whole, you've got like a tree of people. Well, I, so I used to be of that mindset of like, I can't take any time off, but, uh, I always take a month off around Christmas now. And the thing that I've realized, it's like, it's kind of the benefit of YouTube, not putting me in like recommended for people that don't follow me that often anymore is like, my audience is my audience. Um, they, Mm -hmm. there's like a, even though on any video it could do like 850 to 1.3, Every given month, there is about four and a half, five million people. And so I know yeah. that and all of them are watching at least one time a week. So it's like I know that they're there. And that's I mean, that's the, that's the scariest thing for a YouTuber is like stopping because I've been doing this for 15 years. I've seen creators stop for two months and their audience is gone. Like, mm-hmm. but I, I, well, what's so what's so interesting about your like you online is even though you like swear just coming into like bastards what, what's your what do you say oh, you say good morning yeah, bastards. You beautiful bastards yes yeah, you beautiful yeah. bastards yeah um even though you say that in like the first three seconds i still like think of you as like family friendly <laughs> <laughs> well these days yeah i i mean i constantly have to like especially when i'm getting judgy in my videos i have to constantly think back to okay what kind of asshole was i when i was 24 okay Okay, what I was like, what would I do? And then I and I and then I do some moral math. I'm like, well, it's 2021. People are communicating more. But uh, yeah, I would say I'm more. I'm the version of myself that I like for the past two years. Uh, which is, oh, yeah, great. which has happened. It's yeah. But I think I've when I when I was 25, I probably liked myself then. But I was I was an asshole because my show back then, right? My my show back then would have been like. Belle Delphine posted a photo blah, blah, blah. and then you'd be like the thumbnail and then maybe I'd say something that bordered on like super misogyny <laughs> and then and I was like and that was content yeah everyone changes and I think um it's it sucks like um I can't believe it's even a thing that old tweets are old pictures are old things from like years ago can even be brought up and even you know people change and you should be happy that that person's not like that anymore and I don't yeah. know just just um I it, it sucks because everything on the internet lasts yeah forever. well I have a I have like a, a policy of I forget when we did this but uh I was like how how long do I stand by a statement? And I was like, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't think of like how long or how often we change as people. And so I looked at our mm-hmm. contracts uh, as far as like our sponsorships. And so I was like, this is the bar. There are certain tweets that I have to leave up for six months. And I subscribe to a service that just, if it's older than six months, the tweet's gone. 
And, and, uh, and I was like, and that's, I was like, that's the safest way. Are there going to be people that like set up services to cr like get every single tweet? That's fine. But I, I don't want to make mm. it incredibly easy for like someone to take some out of context thing or that, or like an inside edgy joke and be like, this is what he's. And, and then that gets shown in like a 2030, like whatever the fuck normal is at that point. <laughs> People are like, can you believe yeah. he said oh, this? Oh no. Um, <laughs> I, I try to even think, I mean, it, it can either go like one of two ways or maybe it'll either just stay the same or it could get worse or everyone could be like, like go against it maybe and be like, come on, this is like actually ridiculous. Well, like pe someone can't get canceled every single week. It's crazy. Or maybe they can. Maybe, maybe this is well, just Well, I think, <laughs> I think unless you hurt someone or there's like a big crime, famous people don't genuinely yeah, get canceled. Yeah. Uh, the only people that really mm. get canceled are everyday people because they lose jobs, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, cause yeah. I, unless I did something really egregious or someone lied about me doing something super uh, horrible, um, like there's a certain hit, but then- as long as it's not, there aren't legal consequences. Um, I think because there are really bad people that have <laughs> continued to thrive. Yeah. 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 Hey, you beautiful bastard. Time to pay some bills for a second and thank one of the sponsors of today's episode of A Conversation With public and more specifically, publicdefranco.com. You know, if you're looking to invest in the stock market, no matter how big, no matter how small, I highly recommend public. I personally switched over to public myself recently after I was uh, not too happy, let's just say that, with one of their competitors. And with Public, not only did I get all the tools that I wanted, the information that I wanted, but Public also makes the stock market social. And it turns out it's really awesome and helpful to, to share and learn ideas with a social community of investors. When I say any amount of money, I mean that. They have fractional investing, which, if you don't know, allows you to buy stocks in small slices. That way you can, for example, get some Tesla stock without having to drop almost $1,000, which also allows you to have a greater variety of stocks than you would otherwise be able to with the money that you have right now. You can start small, invest a dollar, five dollars, fifty dollars or more and own fractions of all the companies you love. All while at the same time having zero commission fees on standard trades, which is huge. And made that much better by the fact that if you sign up by going to publicdefranco.com, you will receive a free stock once you open an account. It is a win, win, win. They know I sent you. They pay me. You get free stock. We all celebrate and have a tea party. I don't know why I said that. Publicdefranco.com. Go, because honestly, the, the best time to start thinking about your future is today. What a, what's your sleep schedule like, internet person? Oh, oh, terrible. This is like morning for me. I woke up at 4 p.m. Oh my God, that's so, like, that's like yeah. the dream when I was 18. Are you kidding me? <laughs> It's terrible because you wake up and the sun's gone and you're like, this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not that bad when 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 you're doing that. Like I, I only feel sad when it's like that time of year where I would I would come in and it was more during like the political uh season, but I would come in and the sun would barely be out and I'd go home and the sun was going down and I was like, I hate this. I, I had I had flashbacks mm. to when I was uh when I was trying to pay my way through college and I was uh I worked night shift. I was like, no. This is this is this is how I end up killing myself. That's that's what happens. Yeah. Oh God, it's so depressing. I, uh, <laughs> oh, so actually, so it kind of comes back to something at, at the beginning when we were talking about uh, your mom. Uh, what's your relationship with like drinking or any drugs or anything like that? Did it kind of push you away from it, or if I know that you talked about kind of like the emo scene, I don't know how rampant it was there. <laughs> um. In the emo scene, it was like 
massive. Everyone was day drinking because we all met up during the day, like in the middle of London. And we actually got like told off by loads of people because we'd like congregate in parks and there'd be like 50 of us right all like hardcore like there'd be emo people there'd be scene people there'd be metal heads there'd be goths you know all this like alternative types of people just day drinking and getting like belligerent and awful in these like public tourist parks so we'd get like kicked from one place to the other and then eventually we found this like um graffiti tunnel underground where the floor was wet and sticky and dirty and we'd all just sit in this dark tunnel (laughs) and they'd all drink but I actually didn't drink until I was like 19 or something like that because I I was so you know I was so against alcohol and I never even tried it and I was always like that one straight edge person and that would be at a party and they'd be like oh go try it and I'd be like no sorry and um it was so bad that I my boyfriend at the time um I'm not sure if I should say his age but (laughs) um, are you gonna tell me another story (laughs) about some guy that's in his like late 20s and 30s again no, no, he wasn't his late. He wasn't in his late twenties, but he uh, drank, and I met. Well, when we started dating, I was like, I, I'm really sorry, but I can't drink you. I can't drink you. <laughs> I can't date you if you drink. And he really surprisingly um, just stopped drinking for the entire time we were together for two years. Just completely cut it out. So uh, that was a. Uh, really good for him uh, well not good for him but good for me good for me and san- i'm th- i was thankful for him to do that for me so for for, for you why <laughs> um, do you think it was important that you didn't partake um i think there's a lot of um um things that just make me feel uncomfortable like certain things will um like uh, tilt me like uh, the smell um or just seeing someone change well I don't mind if it's like other people or friends or whatever but when it's someone close to me seeing them even be slightly different or their lips will move in a different way or their eyes will like flicker in a certain way it'll just like start to like uh make me panic so uh I just couldn't I couldn't do it and then and that was until I met my (laughs) my current partner and I you know I got older and getting into a new relationship I was like right let me try this again it's not feasible for me to you know punish somebody else for a problem that I have to I mean I'm not forcing them because they don't have to be with me but I think that's a quite a big ask especially for you know a young uh, you know 20 year old or something um um so I just had to suck it up and something that actually helped me was when I first tried alcohol myself and I, you know, got a different perspective of it, I guess, because scientifically you can't help but enjoy Mm -hmm. the feeling. So I think it psychologically turned this fear I had into me feeling it myself and being like, maybe I can accept it because it it makes me feel good. I don't know. So wait, so (laughs) you tried it and so do you still... Do you still drink every now and then or it was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. And for you, it feels like you're still in control because it sounds like some of the things that you're saying 
control and stability are like key things that you want in your life? Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. Is there is there any aspect of your life at this point that you don't have control over? Because you're now in a position of success where you get to control all the levers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I think your I'm, only vulnerability is probably your relationship at this point, right? Yeah, I guess just relationships with people. Like you, you can't like change other people or like change you know, the past or like change how people are. I think I, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> I think um one thing that's um definitely like prominent in my life though is the fact that <laughs> I definitely like like my partner helps me out with everything like across the the spectrum definitely like um I don't think I could actually like all my partners actually have done this they've like completely taken me under their wing sort of thing and um helped me out with everything and, and like it's a uh, probably probably filling in some gaps filling in some gaps how do you mean <laughs> if if you get what i mean well like uh probably parental wise oh you know you know how like the whole like oh she's got daddy issues therefore like they date like older men who like look like their father or something like that i don't know probably something like that. i feel like <laughs> i feel like you <laughs> so i didn't think of that but then based like comparing what you just said to the beginning of our conversation. Yeah, but comparing but comparing I'm what you just said to where we got into the conversation early on where you're very young meeting a 25-year-old man on a train, do you feel like that that's what that was? Oh, what what here in my now no, relationship. No, no, no. I don't think that no, cuz unless he's like oh, 30 oh, now. No, him. I'm I was talking about uh, it sounds like you're talking about your relationship and you know you you have like a, a father type figure, but it, it also seemed like a, one of the constants and a lot of the stories that you talked about early on were men who were older, not, not necessarily I mean, like a 40 year old thing, but yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> probably. That's interesting. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, but you see, you feel like in your relationship now you get some of that. There's like, I don't want to. I don't want to say he's your father figure, but it, what 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 are the what are what are the gaps that are being filled in there? Well, like he will just like he will drive me everywhere. He does like the shopping and all like the the you know obviously the counting and sure. taxes and stuff, and he'll like help me like cook food for myself. And he he like the thing is in my life, I really have no one mm -hmm. else, so he really is. Like, I don't, I don't know what I like do, you know, I, 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 he pretty much runs everything around me and just helps me and gives me emotional support and all the, you know, and, um, fills in all the gaps that I need. And, um, uh, just, um, yeah, in pretty good. And I think I'm, I, I definitely do look out for those characteristics and people like I remember when I was first like dating him I was like hey um you know this is kind of what I kind of need from someone like I need someone to just really like I'm not independent at all I, like I don't go outside the house unless like I'm with him so I I've you know I used to be so independent when I was younger when I was like 
um, 14 and 15 and getting into that age. And then when I got my, my elder boyfriend at the time, then I went into a complete shell and I just didn't go outside unless I was going outside with my boyfriend at the time. And that's kind of like gone into this relationship as well. I'm just so, um, attached. I think I just can't do anything by myself. I'm so, Oh my god! I'm just like such not an adult. It's unbelievable. Well, I I I, I can relate <laughs> to that a little bit. Like uh, I feel like that's a that's a constant things that I used to just do myself, and then I started re- like relying on other people to do. I'm just mm. like, oh yeah, yeah. You, I, I don't need to do that anymore. What do you what What would you say? <laughs> and I don't mean like in uh, a filming sort of way. What What do you feel like your power dynamic is uh, with your with your partner? Because you know oh what relationship wise or sexually no relationship wise oh um equal yeah i think quite equal yeah i think very emotionally equal i think um like actually doing stuff i think um you know we kind of have this kind of thing where because we like work together so i'll like i do a lot of the work and i do a lot of the social media and stuff and he will <laughs> I guess like do things around the house, <laughs> like, you know, kind of like that. Um, but I think we, um, no, I, I think we've got a very equal, healthy relationship, which is uh, very good. And so, I mean, cause you said like that or sexually. So then when it goes into, in, in, in kind of like a more sexual realm, is any of that just delivering a fantasy for viewers um, or how much of that is like based off of what you actually want, I guess, or what would normally happen? Oh my God. Like I would make more money if I just did vanilla if you stuff. You just did what? You, you, you like vanilla okay. stuff, which is like, um, it's like mm-hmm. normal missionary doggy, no bondage, nothing like that. And actually when I was in, talking to that company, they were like, we want no kinks at all because you know you make more money not doing that um so i'm actually like um this is completely all me like i have i have like kinks and stuff that i don't i won't show on the internet or whatever just because like i know people aren't just into it i I know it's just me who's into it so uh so uh yeah definitely also do you think that there's something nice about that still that you then still even though you're showing so much of yourself and and uh, doing different things that you still have something that's just for you or just for you guys yeah 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 i mean filming porn and um having sex is so different i think one thing is i think people say say you're a normal like internet influencer sure. or something and you want to release an an album of you singing people will expect you to be Mariah Carey singing cuz if you're if you're not good people will just slam mm-hmm. you and hate you but if you're just a normal facebook profile and you put a cute video of you singing kind of badly everyone will be like yes girl <laughs> yeah. go queen yeah. you're so good but the thing is when you're like so high people will expect you to be the best and people expected that with my you know porn they expected to be me to be a porn star but the thing is i am i'm not a porn star and the it filming sex is different to just having sex because when you're having sex you don't care about how you look you don't care if you're scrumpled up in a ball and you're like tummy rolls or like you're pulling an ugly face or like you're spitting everywhere and you got like loads of stuff everywhere you know it's 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 
it's passionate, it's dirty, it's intimate, and it's beautiful. But with porn, you know, everyone's got their insecurities. I want to be seen in the best light. And I think that does take away from it because it comes across as not entirely genuine. And it's just, porn is very hard to uh, to shoot because it, it's um, you're very conscious about there being cameras in the room. So, uh so yeah, I'm not sure what people expected, really. Of, I'm, I literally made it so clear that I this is this is. Oh, I'm did not you? A, so so I'm did you amateur. get a like a wave of like this isn't a, a level that I expected? Is that <laughs> what you're saying? I I trended on Twitter because I posted a teaser video of me. Um, Wait, is this the giving my partner a? Um, I don't. How much can well, I no, say? No, you're fine. I. Me- <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Um, of me giving my partner a right. blowjob with, and I put like uh, pickle Rick over his dick right. to like censor it. And I put it on Twitter and I trended on Twitter because of how bad I gave <laughs> everyone. <laughs> everyone was um like tweeting at me and replying saying Belle Delphine gives the shit his head or like, I know I can go to bed happily tonight because I know I give better head than Belle Delphine or whatever like that. And it's like, this is, I, I I've lost. I'm out. <laughs> right. So did that did that make you nervous about then? Because did you you release that before you release the full thing, right? Or no? Uh, or was I, that the push to I'm it? I'm not. I can't actually yeah. remember the. I can't remember the timeline of it. But um, because I the thing I, is, I remember I, it just it just well, I remember seeing the the pickle Rick thing, which actually, so that's a question. Uh, have have is it ever in your head that whoever you're talking to has like seen you in this th- doing uh porn and then that maybe changes the dynamic at all or no not at all oh what talking to in real um, life well i guess yeah sure in real life versus like the online personalities that you've you know talked to like so you talk to a lot of people on you know a bunch of different podcasts and stuff like that oh. and then like you, i think we said i think this is probably like the uh the first podcast you've done since you then did porn like so the next time you talk yeah. to those people they've possibly watched it. So does that change anything in your head? You're like, no, it's, it's essentially the same thing. Uh, no, it, it really doesn't. Um, it's, uh, maybe, maybe it's cause I'm not, I'm not insecure yeah. about it. So maybe I didn't think about it. Maybe I'm like missing hints of them being uncomfortable about it. But the thing is, I never really, I never bring it up even with like real life people. Me, Belle Delphine is something I never speak about. We sure. never speak about it. So it's just uh, not because it's like an off topic. It's just because it just never really comes up. Um, but with online people, I think it's so normal. I don't know. And I think it's just like, oh, it's Belle Delphine. It's what she does, yeah. you know? Well, I was just, so. I was interested because, yeah, I mean, whether whether you're talking to someone online versus just like a a regular person, someone that's way closer. Because yeah. for me, I, I I used to go about everything, and obviously I'm completely different field, but I used to go about things like I'm just me, doesn't matter, fuck everybody, I'm comfortable with myself. And then in the past two years, I've had to deal with uh, my kids' friends' parents. And so it's just like, oh, these are... Such a Yeah, and so it's just like, oh shit, this is a person in the real world who is actively Googling me and it's not just in my head. Cause I know that like my wife's gone yeah. to like these 
the mom like hangouts and there are like certain people that are nosy that like super snoop on Instagram and Google and everything like that. And I'm just like, ah, shit. <laughs> like I don't, I was like, every time I go down and obviously it's kind of the same realm, but different. Every time I sit down, I don't know what they've seen. And so, and sometimes I, yeah. I, it, I don't know that for me, that's been weird to navigate, not hard, but weird, just different. Yeah, see, it's quite hard to explain the whole law, as you were like, of you as a person, like what you've done on the internet. But I think one like easy, normie way yeah. to explain it is like, oh, I just do news on the internet in an easy, bite-sized Yeah, well, if, if, if I'm going to see them one time, I just say I'm a producer. <laughs> no one fucking, like, what do you yeah. do? Oh, news stuff. Oh, okay, we're, we're on. Uh, you know, a little everywhere. Done. They don't care. Yeah. See, like with me, it's so hard to explain to people because uh, it's strange because like I don't really have one big platform. Because the thing is, Belle Delphine, I'm going to speak about Do myself it. in third person. Belle Delphine is like, it's not like, oh, I'm an Instagram profile or like I'm a YouTuber or I have a Twitter. It's not really like that because the thing is, I've managed to create my brand on people other people speaking about me so a lot of people know who i am but i don't really have one kind of place that i kind of congregate like it's not like i'm a youtuber or this or this or this i guess it could be on my only fans or something but the thing is it's so hard to explain what people know me for because it's like it's so um there's so many just little bits of things that i've kind of done on the internet to get people talking about me and then explaining it like am i a porn star Mm, i'm not sure am i like a youtuber no not really am i a troll i mean i'm bits of everything you know so it's quite hard to explain so um uh yeah i'll just lie and say i'm an accountant (laughs) Just lean into the meme. <laughs> Belle, yeah. uh, we, we got, we're like right at the end. Is there anything that you want to cover? Probably should have asked you that at the beginning. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, oh, that's, that's such a hard question. Um, I, I can't think of anything off the top okay. of my head. Well, I guess the last thing that I'll ask, and I, I only do this every now and then, but I'm interested in your answer. If you could give a bit of advice to someone that's watching and you know what let's let's say uh a, a 18 plus girl that's thinking about getting yeah. into this world what uh what would you say are, are you are you very for it are you uh are you a little nervous about it what are your thoughts because and I, and I love anytime anyone that has that experience because your answer is probably gonna be a lot different than when i had like mia khalif on see the thing is my my case was very like <sighs> you unique mm-hmm. in a way you know i randomly got viral because of the ahigao sex face that i did like way back and that kind of instantly gave me a platform but and the thing is i would have never done porn if it like at, at the beginning of my career i was like that's something that i'll never do it's just a line that i'll never cross and the only reason i did it was because you know, it's like you've got a door, you open the door and there's X amount of money behind it. Are you going to open the door? And the thing is, it's like that fake question, but in real life and that you can act, that's real money that you can actually get. So I was, that's the only reason why, but the thing is I would have never done it otherwise. And it's hard because if you're a normal girl and you've got a normal well, you know, a low following or something, you don't have an online presence. It's, um, 
you can only capitalize on a following. And even when you do have a following, this has got to be something that you've, that you kind of want to do because it is, I don't think sex work should be a casual thing. I don't think it should be normalized so much. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it should be such an easy job to get into because it's, um, you know, there's so much more that you can do. And the thing is, it's not a long-term job. And the thing is, it can potentially stop you from getting other jobs. So if the money that you're getting isn't worthwhile to completely like, um, you know, really have an impact in your life, and it's just a normal way to job income, honestly, I probably don't think it's worth it unless you really enjoy it. And this is something that you really want to do. I, th- I just think it's, um, I've had like normal friends come up to me and be like, I'm, you know, really want to make a OnlyFans account. And I'm just like, I, you know, it's a difficult one. It's well, a difficult one. Well, if everyone one. can be as successful as you, I would re- recommend it to everyone. <laughs> and everyone is as comfortable course, with it. Course, yeah. yeah. But I, I love, I like that though. Cause like, I feel like a lot of people push this idea that anyone can be at their level. And, and like not, not yeah. really touching on, not only are you like really good at marketing yourself and, and you're taking advantage of, of a, a, a really unique moment, but that's just, it's not something that you can easily replicate. That's right. That's the reason why, like, we know your name and we don't know a million others. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's like, for every one of me, there's 10,000 other girls that just aren't cutting it by and just aren't making their rent money. You know, there's, it's, um, there are so many girls doing OnlyFans and I really am the 0.0, you know, percent of people doing well. And I am the, I'm the rare one. And, um, it's, it's very difficult to gain the following and it's, uh, there's a lot of people. You, you only see the successful people. That's what, ha- what that's what you see. You only see the su- successful people. Love that. Thank you uh, <laughs> for for coming on. I uh, I look forward to seeing uh, what <laughs> how you troll uh, us normies in the future. <laughs> and uh, good luck. I, I I I I'm excited about a future where I get to just put you in thumbnails for weird stuff and not anything bad. Bell, Bell. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Woohoo! <laughs>